Good morning, everybody. How are we this morning? Man, come on, you can do better than that. I know you thought you'd already clapped enough, but we're at church. Good morning, everyone. Are you doing good? It's good to see everybody. I bring you readings from Kennesaw and Gwinnett and Espanol and all the campuses, your brothers and sisters and cousins. God is doing incredible stuff. Uh, I was listening, I think it was last week's broadcast where we talked about last year, was it about 500 decisions for Christ in this or since the beginning right here in this campus? This year alone, 908 decisions across all of our campuses. Can you believe that? Isn't that amazing? Come on, you do better than that. Come on. No, we didn't just sink a putt at the masters. I just told you 908 people made decisions to follow Jesus. You can do better than that, right? Come on, that's good stuff. God is doing something. And man, we hear so many incredible things happening here. And it's a, it's a treat, really, honestly, to be able to work with Pastor Ashley, who is such an apostolic leader, who I'm telling you something, he is just unafraid to go after what God's promised. And I'm telling you in the church today, we look for permission. He looks for a plan from the Holy Spirit and he runs. Aren't you grateful for a great leader like Pastor Ashley? And then Pastor Jane, who is an incredible prophetic voice that speaks life into people. I can remember at BU, I did show up to BU. I was in the back. I didn't, you know, I was in the back getting to enjoy the worship at BU. But you know what? Sometimes the overflow at a woman's conference gets on a man. Come on, somebody. And I remember at BU sitting right down here, Pastor Jane all of a sudden spoke to this woman from Kennesaw. She had never seen this woman. This woman only had come to our campus like twice. And all of a sudden she just speaks life into her. And this woman just breaks and starts crying. I said, what, what happened? And she said, she had no way, but my son had been far from God. And I've been praying for him to come home. And she just began to speak over me about my son. And I'm like, come on, God, that's just good stuff, right? And then have somebody like Pastor Ryan, who I despise all the time because he can sing, he can preach. There's nothing he can't do, right? Aren't you grateful for a great worship leader in Pastor Ryan? I thought about getting up here and singing just to show him I can do it too. But, uh, but I want us to have a good day today in the Lord. So, uh, But anyways, so it's a joy to be here. Um, I was thinking about something, and I want to pray for a few people this morning. I felt from the Holy Spirit that we needed to do this. And then I'm going to just talk a little bit about what I believe Holy Spirit wants us to say. But how many of you need a healing in your body this morning? Anybody need a healing in your body this morning? Just for a second. Come on, just keep it up real quick. This is the safest place you'll be all week, I promise, all right? You need a healing in your body? All right, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to remind you of something. I've been believing for a healing in my family for over seven years now. And that seems like a long time to believe for a healing. But the Lord gave me a revelation about healing. He said, Andy, people pray for healing instead of pray for a relationship with the healer. Because once you get healed today, tomorrow you may need another healing. But you need to always be in walk with the healer. And wherever the healer is, he does healings. Does anybody need provision today? Anybody need provision today? You need God to show up in your provision real quick? All right, I just want you to know that if you get provision today, tomorrow you'll be asking God for provision because there'll be something else coming your way. And here's what I've learned in my faith, and maybe, maybe some of you can testify, is sometimes I praise God for the miracle only to face another obstacle and forget he ever did the miracle. So if I'm walking with the provider, everywhere the provider goes, he makes provision. Are you with me this morning? How many of you need protection? You say, there's an area in my life I need perfection or, or, or protection or God to protect an area or defend me or something. I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, Andy, in this season, I am going to come in relationship, not in 
the execution of a task. Because what I have discovered is the enemy will take a miracle and then give it enough time and put you in another circumstance or you'll be in another situation and you'll forget the miracle ever took place. Some of us are complaining about our job because it was an answer to yesterday's prayer for promotion. Are you with me? Are you with me? I know, I praised God. I was like, God, I want a wife and kids. And God gave me a wife and kids. And then I'm like, God, I want to do all these things. And then all of a sudden, I realized the other day, I would rather have preschoolers in my house than uh, teenagers and college students because I worry a lot more with teenager and college students than I do with preschoolers. Because preschoolers, give them an iPad, tell them to go to bed. You could still you know, control them a little bit. But when they get older and people start taking advantage and all of a sudden they start talking and the world comes in and I spend more time in prayer with teenagers and college students, be careful what you pray for because God will trust you with the miracle. Are you with me? And so I, I just felt very strong about that. So I want to pray real quick. Can we just pray? Because I believe the Holy Spirit's going to do some healing right now in this room. It's not by anything other than the name that is above all names, and that is Jesus. So we're going to pray real quick. Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, every sickness, illness, and disease in this room, Lord, we want to go ahead and address that right now in the name of Jesus. Because, Father, that is no longer having authority in the body because the blood of Jesus has paid the price for all brokenness, death, and disease. And so I declare over every physical body in the room healing right now in Jesus' name. I'd ask that you'd loosen provision. I'd ask that you'd loosen protection. Father, in the name of Jesus, do what you say you do because of who you are. You can't do anything else, God. You can't be silent on the matter because your voice and your blood speaks all the time. So I just declare and give you the glory and the honor for the victory of healing right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So it's miracle season. I don't know if you know that, um, but it's miracle season. This is the season where miracles should be celebrated because the greatest miracle, one of the greatest miracles, I think the greatest miracle, the birth of Christ happened in the season. That's what we celebrate. That's what we recognize. That's what we honor. But it's interesting, in prayer this morning, uh, Pastor Ryan was talking about that he had been talking to a lot of people about how on the phone and the campus and, and family members around just different interactions that people are struggling with anxiety more than ever before, all right? And, and it's, it's interesting, that anxiety, if you put that on a scale and a continuum, if it's not checked and if it's not dealt with, dips into depression, then into discouragement. And did you know this is the season of the greatest suicide rate of all year, which is interesting because this is the greatest season of miracles according to what we celebrate in Christianity. This is a season that we should celebrate miracles. But there's more stressed and anxiety and fear than ever before. I am telling you, we live in the greatest nation around the world, not because I'm biased, but there's freedom, there's opportunity. We get to gather and worship with no worry that we're gonna ever be discriminated against. Isn't that good news? And yet we got more anxiety, fear, we're worried about something. If I took a straw poll here, how many of you this week don't, you know, like we won't remember this number, okay? But how many of you get honest with me, worried about something this week? Anybody worried about something? And the Bible says, don't worry. I bet that didn't help you, right? Don't worry. You feel better? Good. Go and don't worry now, right? And you're like, are you kidding me? I'm still worried, right? How many struggled with anxiety, panic attacks happened this week, anybody, right? We live in that world where although we know the truth, it seems like the truth doesn't set us free. And that's a lie from hell. The truth always sets you free. But I found something. I found something in the scripture that makes me realize how miracles take place 
And there is a little bit of a understanding, I think, for most of us, we have to understand about how God does miracles. First of all, no one's earned a miracle. You will never earn a miracle in your life. You'll never earn it. Are you with me? So if you're struggling, if God's unhappy or happy with you, and that's why there's a delay, that is absolutely witchcraft to even think you could earn it. And by the way, witchcraft is also what the spirit of religion attacks onto and causes people to hate people in the name of Jesus instead of love people in the name of Jesus because religion is a perversion of the gospel. And that is not God. You can't earn a miracle. All right, I just, then that, come on, just shake it off. Doesn't that make you feel better? If you can't earn it, it ain't up to you. Come on. It is up to God. And I realize that maybe it's because we have a misunderstanding. I just want to take us to a, a, a passage in the scripture in Luke chapter one. It's Christmas, so I figured maybe we talk about Christmas, all right? Uh, sing such beautiful songs. Would you join me in, in the reading of the scripture? Luke chapter one, we have an interesting story here of a young girl named Mary. I'm going to dial into her just in, in just a minute. But right before this, in Luke chapter 1, we have an introduction of two characters named uh, Elizabeth and, and Zechariah. And, and they, he was a priest, and he had gotten selected to, to do this special uh, offering in the temple. That If you get selected from that, that's kind of like you're the... You're the pastor of the day, okay? All right, so like you're the pastor of the day. It's not, and, and he got to go and do this kind of ritualistic offering to the Lord. And when he got there, he saw an angel to the right of the place he was going to do the offering. And he was terrified. And that makes sense to me. Although for years I was thinking, why would you be terrified of an angel? And I think if you're in a desolate place in your life and you encounter the presence of God... It terrifies you, not encourages you, because you've been so conditioned to think God's not going to show up. And he gets terrified, and the angel says, hey, by the way, your wife who's been barren, who hasn't been able to have a child, she's going to have a child. And he didn't believe. He just asked a simple question. He just brought the circumstance and facts to the angel, and the angel said, listen, because you didn't believe me, you're going to be mute until the baby's born. And so... He comes out of doing the kind of ritualistic offering and everyone like is talking to him and he's not talking back, all right? And he's quiet and they're like, he must, something happened in that room, right? They were like, something happened. Goes home. Now, I, I want you to follow me for a second because I don't think we give the people of the scripture enough credit for the wrestle they had to go through to be used of God. Because can you imagine going home that day, man, and your wife asked you how your day was? and you don't respond at all. And then you start gesturing. And she's like, why are you playing with me right now? Why, why are you playing with me right now? And he's like, right? And for the next nine months, one-sided conversations, a whole lot of listening to the point that she gets pregnant, which by the way, back in that culture, if you weren't pregnant or didn't have a child, it was a sign that God did not favor you. Isn't it amazing how we interpret our circumstances and we project how God feels about us based on our circumstances. So she was cursed and she wasn't blessed and they walked around. And let me just tell you something, to be in ministry and not do it better than everybody else, there's a little bit of pressure that we put on us that we ought to have a little bit more favor than everybody else because I'm a pastor. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can have some, I just, if you have nine, I need to have 10, right? Because I'm a pastor. 
I have people all the time saying, Pastor, will you pray for me? Sure, but you don't know what kind of day I had. I may need to go like get myself ready for it, right? Because I've been struggling just like you. I want you to know I live in the same world that you live in. I face the same devils you face, right? But sometimes when I'm walking earth, I'm like, man, I should be in a better place. I mean, one of the healings that I'm believing for in my family right now that has been delayed and not take place, taking place yet has caused me to never want to pray for people because I want to let my current circumstances hijack my calling. But if you're not careful, you'll let your circumstances create your theology instead of God creating your theology for your circumstances. So she's pregnant. She kind of goes in seclusion. He's not talking. I want to give you an argument of why he didn't talk and why the angel caused him to be mute. I think it was a blessing. Sometimes what you think is a punishment is a blessing. Because I think if you're wrestling for years not having God do something in your life, and the moment he does it, you're the kind of person, and I'm the kind of person, don't take this offensively, I'm just thinking human behavior here, okay? That you'll start processing it to the point that you'll stop believing in it. And sometimes you just need to not be able to talk about it. Because we overcome by the blood of the lamb, Revelation says, and the words of our testimony. So sometimes, sometimes we speak death instead of life. So anyways, this happens, right? And this is going on. Now, Elizabeth didn't have Instagram back then or TikTok or anything like that. So I don't think she was like, look, baby bunt, I'm two weeks. Can you tell? Like baby bunt, right? I don't think they went on a baby moon or anything at that point in time. And, and, and so Elizabeth and Mary were related. Cousins here. And Mary had no idea from what we understand of scripture. But let me read down. And all of a sudden, Mary is a teenager at this time, we believe, according to the scriptures. And she's doing what teenagers do back then in first century culture, Jewish life, Israel life. Uh, and, 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 and we don't know much about her. Look, we have no information. Like, was she like a, a great Sunday school kid? If you remember Sunday school, I'll just do that back for your kind of drawing your mind a little bit. Uh, we don't have any ideas if she was like at school, started a club at school, like see you at the pole, you know, like where she gathered some friends, like, or like she was like, I don't know, had one of those, I guess back then scrolls, we wouldn't call them a Bible, but scrolls where she had like marked in the scroll, like deep study. We have no idea anything about her. We don't know if she, you know, was the leader of her youth group. We have no idea. And this is interesting to me because when we tell the story of Mary, I think we like, attach some things to her. Like, I don't know, when Mary was younger, she always made her bed before she left her room. Or like every time her mom told her to empty the dishwasher, she did it. Come on, where are all the parents of teenagers? You know what I'm talking about, just like our kids do right now. You know, like when you get out. Does anybody else have this challenge? Sometimes we get things out and we use it and we leave it out so it spoils so we can buy new stuff at the grocery store. Anybody have anything got that stuff going? Just my house. Okay, I, don't, I need to talk to some of you guys because you're like, never have no problems like that at all. One of my favorite things is I load up my uh, Starbucks card only to find out if it's still there because my kids are attached to my Starbucks card and I usually find out there wasn't enough, right? But we don't know anything about Mary, okay? We don't know anything about her other that we get introduced to her right here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and watch this. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. That's a pretty big deal, by the way. David's second king of Israel 
pretty big deal. There's a lot of prophetic word that out of his line would come the Messiah. So this is just important for biblical uh, accuracy here. And the virgin's name was Mary, verse 28. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, think about that phrase right there. We've heard that a lot if you've been around any church at Christmas time. Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, when you hear that phrase, there is always an attachment to me about wanting to know what caused her to be favored. Because I want to unpack and discover how to be favored because this idea of favored implies a few things to me. And in my modern culture today, the word favor implies to me that I will, ne- I, will, I will pull up to Walmart or I'll pull up to Publix or I'll pull up to the Avalon and I'll have a front row parking place. Little favor, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm gonna TikTok, thanking God for parking favor today, right? Or like I'm gonna show up somewhere at Disney and all of a sudden from eight to nine when we get there, nobody shows up at the park. And we get all the pictures without waiting in line or whatever it is. Like when I think about favor, I'm thinking about like, I don't have to wait in line. The HOV lane is always open for me. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that when we go downtown to see a Hawks game, nothing is inconvenient. It's just like favor, favor, favor. I just didn't even know. It's just the favor of God. You know, go to Starbucks and they make two drinks to my one order. Just walking in God's love. Just Starbucks kiss from heaven. Right? And come on, anybody, you're having the worst day and somebody tweets that out. Uh, can we say tweet? Probably can't say that. Uh, Insta stories, something, whatever. And they put it on and you're like, I'm so glad it's going well for you because right now my whole basement flooded, right? And they're like, just loving that God's just kissing me from heaven. Or like someone just talks about how God just showed up and you're like, man, I don't even know that he knows that I'm still alive. We have no idea But all of a sudden, an angel appears, and by the way, in her room, and says, greetings, and he doesn't say, greetings, Mary, I've got good news for you. He speaks to her from the placement of heaven, not her current placement. Because he'd already known she was favored before she ever had a recognition she could be or could not be favored. This is important because you won't understand the rest of the story until you understand. He wasn't speaking to her from the current understanding that she had. He was speaking to her from what he had understanding in the presence of God. She is favored. The Lord is with you. And then he goes on and says this. It's fascinating. But she was, verse 29, very perplexed at this statement and was wondering what kind of greeting this was. Like, and, and, and have you ever just thought to yourself, like, Don't wonder, just enjoy it. Like right here, she was perplexed. How can you be perplexed at someone saying, you're blessed and God loves you and God's with you and God's gonna be with you? Like, how is that perplexing? Why would that be perplexing? Anybody? Why would that be perplexing if that's our greatest desire is to be favored by God? Why is that perplexing? Because it is possible for you to know all the knowledge you need to know of the scriptures. It is possible for you to attend a church every Sunday. It is possible for you to speak the verses around you and still not have an understanding that you are favored by God, even though where you are right now doesn't feel favorable. The Lord is with you, and she's perplexed. And then he goes on and says this in verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, 
for you have found favor with God. Now, I watched this phrase, do not be afraid, and then it dawned on me. If Mary had fear, no wonder some of us who follow Jesus still struggle with fear. She stood in the presence of Gabriel. He spoke life into her, and her default mechanism was think about how bad it's going to get. Because she had fear in response to an encounter with God. And I don't think it was a holy fear. I think it was the fact that in her culture that day, there were two worlds that were acceptable in her culture. It was the world to say I have faith, but to still live and not address fear. It was possible to say God is everything he says he is and still live in your body and in your every day as though God is not anything he says he is. That it is possible to speak life from a place of fear because we don't understand that if you are speaking both things in your life and if it's a current wrestle where you have both tensions in your life, you've allowed two enemies to dwell in the same place and God says that can't happen. It's like me having a wife and a side chick. Because I say she's everything, Leslie's everything, but I'm still talking to this other woman that is not doing me any favors. Are you with me? And so he had to address the elephant in the room before he could tell her anything else. That before you can receive everything God has for you, you have to address the elephant. He didn't say, I'm going to take your fear away. He said, do not be a fear, which is a directive to you that says, you've got to deal with fear in your life. Because you can't understand, walk in the favor of God if you allow fear to have a place to still speak in your ear every time God tries to speak some life into your life. There are people in this room that have prophetic words. You have had promises from God and time has passed and your circumstances have not followed the direction of your interpretation of God's word, not the affirmation of God's word. And therefore, you have begun to filter and process what God has said to the place that fear is your counselor to tell you how God meant what he said. Are you with me? I call it in modern day language, um, you have a minute? I just need to process something. And you know, the more you process something and the more you take something infinite and put it into a finite mind, the finite mind will find a problem because the finite mind can't understand the infinite God. And you will process something never to faith but to fear. No one ever processes things to a positive place. You know, we process this thing, you know. In fact, everything that's been good in my life took a step of faith in trusting the unknown and what I didn't know. Everything in my life. There was not one thing I processed and I'm like, man, I feel good about this after processing it because sooner or later somebody was encountering, was engaged with me in processing it and the process started saying, ready, here it is. Here's what the processing does. Is this working out for you? Is this good for you? How's this gonna be for you? What about your marriage? What about your finances? What about you? What about you? What about you? And the favor of God can never truly be experienced and encountered if the number one goal is how it's going to affect you. Which is why when I think of the word favor, I think benefiting me, but favor means benefiting the kingdom through me. Are you with me? Can I show it to you? It's really cool how Mary paved the way for us. Watch this. And she said, just again, verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with the Lord. I, I, I need to mention this before I go on, but the word found favor didn't mean she discovered it. 
Actually, in the Greek, that word means you have learned favor. And actually, the word favor in the Greek is also the word you have learned grace from God. Now, this, you know why this is so cool? It's because no one earns favor. No one is worthy of favor. But we get to learn it when we encounter God. And grace cannot be earned, so you learn it when you're in the midst of a circumstance because you're unworthy and God shows up and loves you anyways. You know why Christianity is so amazing? Do you know why Jesus is so amazing? Do you know why he's worthy of all praise? It's because he never showed up when I was worthy. He always showed up when I wasn't worthy and didn't bring condemnation, but brought love and grace and mercy to me and made me worthy. And I learned grace at my lowest point. And, 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 and here's the thing. That's when he showed up to say he wanted to use me. When I was a mess. See, most people would have discarded me. I would have probably discarded myself. But grace showed up. And I learned that the person God uses is the broken person that is so void of anything that grace has all the room to do the work it wants to do because of the love of God. And do you know why you cannot walk in the favor of God? And the first thing the angel said to Mary, I am firmly persuaded. The first thing he said to him is, said to her, do not be afraid. Because if you don't deal with fear, you won't be able to receive grace. Because fear is going to show up and say, don't believe everything because, I'm, you know, what about, what about, what about, you know, there are some people that didn't get healed. You know, there's some people, there's some people, and they'll start whispering in your ear. My daughter was in an accident on July 19th this year. She was driving down the road. Somebody pulled out in front of her. She swerved to avoid them. She wasn't speeding, but she hit this um, landscaping boulders at the entrance of a business park ran almost flipped her car it was uh, I, we had just been with her five minutes earlier i get a cell phone a ring, my, my phone rings and it's broken up and i hear her ah! and i don't know if it's like something wrong with the connection so then i hang up she calls back ah! i can't understand it. it's just speckle the third time she calls back, she's like, he tried to kill me. And she's screaming because this car darted right out in front of her. And she went and totaled the car. So I'm, I'm like turning around, flying, like going after. I'm terrified. You ever, you ever felt terrified? And time seems like it's creeping. I get to her. She's hysterical. The car is just destroyed. And there we are, I'm calling the police, whatever, all this kind of stuff. Fortunately, she's okay. Car's totaled, but now I gotta deal with the insurance company. Now I gotta deal with a hit and run, because the person called the accident and they took off. Now we gotta figure out with the insurance company if they if there's any video footage, all this stuff ensues. Did you know my daughter didn't do one thing to handle all that? I did it all. You know why I did it? Because I love her. Because when she was born, she looked like an alien. She did. I, I'm, I, show me pictures of your baby. I'm like, okay, we'll see. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But the moment she was born, something happened to me. And I just loved her. And you may not like her. And if you don't, I don't really care. You're probably not likable yourself. 
But all of a sudden, she had my wallet. She had my time. She has my priority. There was love, and she didn't do one thing. In fact, when she was, you know, the first couple of years she was born, she, I mean, like the first year, she wasn't even potty trained. She never said thank you when she was fed. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I don't know if you've had to deal with what I've had to deal with. All right, she woke me up in the middle of the night. She spit up on my clothes, ruined some great clothes that I had, right? I never counted one of those things as a problem because I loved her. And there is something I say to her that at that moment when she was born, just started bellowing it up out of my belly and saying, baby, there's nothing you could ever do to make me stop loving you. Not at your birth and not as you grow up, no matter what it is, because love constrains me every time I interact with her. Are you with me? Favor is not earned, it is given because love gives it. All right, stay with me for a second. This is really good stuff. So verse 31, he says to her, do not be afraid. You have learned the favor of God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have what? No end. It's pretty fascinating. And then it says in verse 34, but Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And I love this question because I love the fact that we have insight to Mary, which is insight to you and me. Is that you get a great word? Come on, that's a great word. She's engaged, a little bit of a problem. Did anybody see the problem? She's gonna have a baby, they're not even married. I mean, what about the first, they need to at least buy a dog first, right? First two years of marriage, you know? Buy a dog, take some trips, kind of things. Anybody do the dog before the kid phase or anybody just jump right into the kid phase, all right? We did the dog, little miniature schnauzer, called it Pepper. Pepper destroyed everything in our home. They, <laughs> She didn't, all of a sudden, it's going to be great. And her response is, well, can I ask, how's this going to be? And it's interesting, when someone makes great promises, your reaction says a lot about the condition of your heart. Because her condition was, okay, how's this going to be? Because I'm a virgin. And I don't know if you know this, but you can't have a baby unless you've had, you know what I'm talking about. And we're not married yet. And because we're a good family and we did it the right way because we want blessing from our folks and blessing from our culture, this can't happen. And we're not scheduled to get married for a few weeks. So how's this going to be? And all of a sudden, when God makes these great promises of favor, we start bringing up how questions to what declarations. And God's answer is the same every time. I want to show you what his answer is. God's response wasn't like, well, first of all, Mary, can I ask you a question? Uh, I, I sent Gabriel here. Gabriel's like, hey, uh, it's really cool God sent me here. I mean, if you're good with it, okay. Um, and he kind of wants to use you. Now, consider it. Think about it, okay? All right. But what he wants to do, pretty big deal, all right. Uh, I, in fact, I heard him talking, and I think this is a really big deal. But he wants to cause you to be the one to carry Jesus, the Messiah, that's going to save people from their sins 
And so just think about it. Let me know if you're into it. Okay, there's some few things that are going to happen, but we'll keep you along the way. I'm going to go talk about it, right? Because who are you going to talk to? I had a dream, and there was an angel in my bedroom last night. Mary, what are you talking about? I don't think that what's going on. Said something about a kid. I don't know, whatever. Didn't say that. And her reaction was, well, how this is gonna, how's this going to be? And notice the angel's response, which is God's response every time we ask him how. And I want you to understand this. God is not in the business with explaining himself. Because the moment he does, we'll keep asking questions to try to edit his plan. Because his plan is for his glory, not my glory. So whenever you ask God how, God's going to respond the same way. Here it is, ready? The angel answered her in verse 35 and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, also the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. Did you see the answer? The answer to a how question is a who person. That's why, do you know that Jesus is under attack, the name of Jesus, but do you know who is also under attack and the most disputed person of the Trinity in churches around? I was passing a bunch of churches on the way over here. You want to see a division in a church? Talk about the Holy Spirit in a way we have not accepted him to be talked about in churches today. If I talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, some of you be like, I don't know, that's the kind of crazy stuff people do, right? Or maybe you're like, man, I can't believe people don't talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is the most integral part in the New Testament and the works of Jesus Christ. If I had time, I could argue this point that Jesus did nothing that the presence of the Holy Spirit didn't do through him. And the response to how's the miracle going to work is the Holy Spirit's going to show up and do the work. So my level of comfort with the Holy Spirit is important because it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do the miracle. And I have found out that the Holy Spirit doesn't matter about how socially comfortable I am with how he's going to do it. Because the Holy Spirit's going to show up and create a social crisis for Mary that everyone is going to struggle with because how is she pregnant and they aren't married? Like, can't the Holy Spirit be socially respectable? Right? I mean, you're making me look bad. The Holy Spirit's going to do the work. And here's the problem that sometimes I think in my life comes is I'm like, can we just maybe get him to tone it down a little bit? Because the Holy Spirit does stuff like make you. Can I tell you a story about my wife? A few years ago, my wife, we were sitting in a church getting ready to do a, a Christmas musical. I guess for some of you, it could be called a cantata. You remember that language. And uh, I don't want to brag, but I was kind of the lead in the role. All right, I don't want to brag about that, but uh, kind of a big deal when it comes to cantatas. Anyways, we were practicing. You know how you do when you put, everybody was practicing. We were sitting in the audience. Blah, blah, blah. And my wife sees this woman crying right about over here where you guys are. She walks up. She says, you okay? She's like, just found out that I can't have a child. We spent all of our money in the vitro, and it's just not working out. She's just sobbing. She's sitting at Christmas time. The season of miracles, distraught and hopeless. And so my, my wife goes, well, um, can I pray for you? And she's like, sure. She's like, well, I want to go talk to my husband, but I'm going to, I want to come back and pray for you. She says, okay. So I come off doing my thing in the, you know, musical. And she's like, hey, we need to go pray for Hester over there. And I'm like, why? 
She's like, I feel like the Holy Spirit says, lay hands on her womb and pray and begin to call out the promise of God over our life. And I'm like, but um, there are other people around. And I don't know, that's kind of personal. And let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will bust your personal bubble to do his prolific miracle in your life. And if it's too personal for you to let him do it, then it's probably part of the problem for you experiencing it because the Holy Spirit doesn't care. He's wanting to do something, right? And she's like, well, you're a pastor. You should be okay with that. And I'm like, I'm not okay with that. This is a very non-demonstrative Holy Spirit church. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a church that he only convicts you of sins. He doesn't show up and do miracles. Anybody grow up kind of like that? Background a little bit? We love the word, but don't let him get out of the gates, all right? Because when he gets out of the gates, he gets wild, right? And I'm a pastor here, executive pastor at that church, and all of a sudden, she's like, I need to go and lay hands, and we need to pray, and we need to pray in the spirit. And I'm like, we don't, let's pray at home in the spirit, right? Like, let's invite him over the house. And it's like, now. So she goes trooping over here. Come on, where are all the women's that just don't care when the Holy Spirit gets all over you, right? She's walking across and I'm following her like my preschool child behind her, like, like standing from a distance, like I'm lookout, baby. I'll let you know if we need to stop, right? And here she is. She just lays hands on her and she calls out in the name of Jesus. She had a word for her. She's going after it, man. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got out of there. And I was like, woo. Two days later, that woman calls crying, screaming on the phone. You won't believe this. I just took a pregnancy test. I'm pregnant. Like, now look, I'm not telling you that because my wife did it. I'm telling you that because when the Holy Spirit shows up, your how questions are irrelevant to the who person. Because when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will come upon you. Come on. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, when anybody sees the miracle in your life, they know it wasn't you. They'll know it's God. Right? Now, this is the best part, and then we're going to be done. Come on up. We're, we're going to pray. So, verse 36. Remember when I tell you about Elizabeth and Zechariah? I just didn't say that for no reason, because sometimes... When God speaks, God already gives a confirmation to God's word. The second thing I want to tell you is it is not disrespectful and dishonoring to ask God for confirmation of what he said. When my kids ask me for confirmation, I don't think it's doubt. By the way, if you're disappointed here today, I would argue that some of our disappointment wasn't because we didn't believe God. It's because we believed God and it hadn't happened yet, and that's why we're disappointed. If I tell my kids tomorrow we're going to Disney World and never go, they're disappointed not because they never had the promise. They had the promise and it hadn't been fulfilled. Sometimes disappointment is where God works out of you the things that will prevent you from walking in the fulfillment of his promise to his glory. Delay is not delay because of discipline. Delay is delay because of development. Come on, are you with me? Name one person in the scriptures that were used mightily by God that delay did not come in their life. And therefore, and the people tried to speak in their lives and say, God is disciplining you. And de- discipline is not what we understand. We think discipline is punishment. Discipline is not punishment in the kingdom of heaven. Discipline is development because when the miracle comes, you are going to be a witness of what God has done. And people's lives will change at your testimony. And Mary is sitting here, 
And in this moment, the Holy Spirit says, by the way, even your relative, verse 36, Elizabeth herself has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month. It's a season of miracles. And this is where we get the famous response of Mary. Verse 37, look at it. She says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Why? Not because God gave her the strategy, but because God gave her the promise of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something today? Is it possible that the miracle that God has promised has been delayed for the purpose of your development and God is saying in this place where you are delayed you need to get rid of fear I'm a little bit of a weirdo which probably didn't need to be stated just like stating the obvious sometimes I watch these on patrol live shows when I'm just by myself TV, like cops. Sometimes they're humorous to me. I'm like, why are you running? It's not going to end good. Kind of like real life humor. And Pastor Ryan was talking about wait on the Lord. He talked about waiting, not like waiting for someone to pick you up at a bus stop or pick up. He says an active. Immediately I had this picture of what is something I saw on On Patrol Live just two nights ago. They were walking into a house that it was supposedly was broken into, and they didn't want to send an officer in there. So they called K-9. The K-9 guy, handler, walked up to the door. He knelt down, and he said something to the dog, and he calls out, K-9, I'm about to release the dog. If you're in there, come out, because I'm about to release the dog. I'm about to release the dog. I'm about to release the dog. And that dog's going. <laughs> and he's holding it, right? And it dawned on me, that's how we're supposed to wait not with anxiety, but anticipation because we're going to be released. And that dog's just waiting. <laughs> and he takes that leash off that dog and that dog takes off through the house. Because waiting on the Lord is an anticipation. For nothing will be impossible with God because I have the Holy Spirit. You hear me? Nothing will be impossible with God. And then she makes this statement. After she reconciles the relationship, not reconciles the comprehension of the promise. I'm going to say it again. It is not about reconciling your comprehension of the promise. You can keep listening to the prophetic word over and over and over. But if you don't address the relationship, the promise will become an accuser once she reconciled it nothing's going to be impossible with God he's given me his spirit right now where I'm at in my circumstance she says this and Mary said behold the Lord's bondservant may it be done to me according to your word and that's when the angel departed this is a season of miracles and this is when the church should gather and be the most celebratory and expectant because we worship the greatest miracle given to man, 
Jesus Christ. And how it happened wasn't because Mary had earned it, but because Mary learned grace. And I am just wondering in the room today, is there anyone who has learned grace, not because you found it, but because it met you in your most broken spot, that if we knew your story, you may be a little bit embarrassed, but because grace showed up in your doorstep and in your room and in your broken point, now we're not gonna talk about your brokenness because Jesus talked about your blessing. And he loved you. And you learned grace. And now you're in a season where you're disappointed and discouraged and anxiety has jumped all over you and you have forgotten that you don't learn grace only to think that God changes his mind. God is not a man that he could change his mind or lie. And maybe the delay is because what God is doing is gonna need partnership with the Holy Spirit. And maybe today is the day for some of us in the room, we surrender to the Holy Spirit. Some of us in the room, we surrender to Jesus. Maybe you don't know where you are with Christ and maybe you don't have relationship with Jesus like you should, or maybe you're confused about it right now. Today, we can establish that. But there's some of you in the room that you've made a, a decision to follow Jesus, but you're struggling with the Holy Spirit's pace in which he's trying to do what God's directing him to do. And here's the thing, the Holy Spirit can never do anything outside of God's timing. Today, you need to pause and surrender and get in agreement with him and say to the Lord, as Mary said to the angel, nothing's impossible with God. And maybe you need to, if we can do this, it's weird, but we're gonna end this way. It's when we pray, maybe you need to come betray yourself and your social situation right now I'm gone this week so you won't see me next week we can talk about me behind my back and you need to come and lay whatever is down whatever it is just something maybe fake maybe it's just in your mind and you surrender the promise of God back to him and you pick up walking with the Holy Spirit in his time. Maybe you need to throw fear on the platform and say, I'm not letting that sucker talk to me any longer at all. Nothing will be impossible.